0: All right, everybody, welcome back! Happy Tuesday! Another episode of a little more good coming at you today. So glad that you
1: tuned in. Yeah, this was a good one. We were uh, had the fortune of sitting down with good friend, someone like we admire, like all of our guests, Jade Herman, founder, CEO of Yogu Yogurt, Alt Yogurt. It's so good. It's we
0: like. I feel like we spent the first few minutes of the podcast just like flattering her and her product, but it was like a hundred percent genuine and sincere i remember the first time i had it i was like this what is this sorcery how can this yogurt be vegan it is so so good so
1: yes i consider myself a super fan of yogu definitely it's uh it's my staple i'm like so disappointed i'm almost insulted when i have other yogurts now i'm like it just doesn't doesn't measure up i've been so spoiled that i can't uh i can't go back it's true it's true and jade
0: is amazing because she's so she's so humble and just like appreciative of the it's almost like she's like oh like you like it and it's like this this brand that is you know blowing up and i remember we were at the planted expo and jade was there with her booth and there's like a lineup and people wanting to try it maybe for the first time but also just coming by saying how much they loved it and it was so cool to see like the community just you know rallying around supporting her and she's someone who really i think embodies like good business and good business practices and, and that comes out. I, I mean, even in this conversation, the way we talk about how she started it and her why behind yogu and stuff.
1: So good. She's a kind soul. She's one of those people that I think has that X factor. You just wanna listen to what Jade's up to and, and follow follow her journey, whether that's from yogu to spring water to tea, exactly. to you know how she lives her life. I think uh, it's inspiring and um, it's she's she's embodied she's connected to to the earth and her community and yeah i'm excited for this episode
0: yeah she's also the kind of person you know you think about like that x factor or people who kind of like disrupt or are like redefiners like i feel through that conversation i was like she's really redefining what it means to be like a a modern business person Mm -hmm. and a leader in her field and all this and just seeing even we touch on like business as kind of a practice of like spirituality and unpacking a little bit of that and thinking about like success and what does that look like? What's like the next thing? And we often think, you know, up and to the right, right? Increase and profit and all of this. But for someone to be really thoughtful and questioning, like, no, what does this actually look like? She's really redefining and kind of disrupting basically like what would be the conventional means to like success. And yeah, just, it was a great conversation full of uh, just beautiful wisdom. our dear friend, Jade. Yes.
1: All right. Big love to Jade. Big love to Yogu. I hope you guys all enjoy this conversation. All right. Before this episode rolls, we've got something really exciting to share. We've got our first big podcast sponsor. Yeah. Athletic Greens. Ooh. Very excited. Yeah. Such a tap-in for us. Uh, Personally, I've been on this journey of trying absolutely everything that you could possibly try in a health food store for the last like decade. And I've tried everything under the sun, under the moon, um, whether it's a powder, a pill, uh, resin, I've tried everything. And I feel like I've got this Rolodex of, of what my body likes and, and what works for me. And I can honestly, genuinely say that AG1, the drink that I'm drinking right now is the, one of the best products that I've tried mm. um, with a lot of powders I've found in the past it's either chalky or it's not smooth or the flavor kind of makes you have that like yuck face and you kind of got to plug your nose to like get it down Yeah, AG1 is so smooth, the flavor is so good I'm super excited every morning to like mix up my AG1 to start my day I feel like just mentally starting my day with this just gives me something to be excited for and gives me that boost knowing that I've got that nutrient kind of foundation for the day.
0: Yeah, no, it's so true. I remember like a couple of years ago seeing people doing like a greens challenge where they were like drinking green drinks to like get it in. And it was like just as fast as you could get it down because the thinking behind it was like, it doesn't taste good, but it's good for you. So get it in. And I mean, AG1 taste is great. Like I can sip on it and enjoy it. I love how like frothy and foamy it gets when I like shake it up in the, mi- in the little mixer bottle. So it's just, it's so good. It's so good. The same Buckley's. Yeah. The same 80- Buckley's. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I mean, it's, it's uh, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in there. So it's like packed full of all of the things you need to be good
1: for you and tastes great. And you know what the true test is? My wife Megan, ooh yeah, she loves it. She has it every morning, and I literally bring home stuff all the time, and she won't take anything. She'll yeah. either like roll her eyes at me or like yeah, make, yeah. make some sort of like woo woo comment about what I'm taking. But she like I brought the AG One home, and she's like, "Damn, you got you got that athletic greens." Like, and she's been <laughs> taking the AG One every morning as well, and she's swearing by it, which is, I think, the ultimate endorsement. Because if you got Megan on board. You've like cracked oh, the code. Amazing. Yes. And it really
0: is so good. It's something that it's like on average, it averages out to about three dollars a day, which is less than most of like our coffee habits, which to be honest, we probably need to reimagine and, you know, reexamine how how we're trying to wake up in the morning with uh, with, the, with the caffeine there. So for less than $3 a day, you could ha- have access to all of those delicious vitamins, minerals, and everything you need. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is gonna give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D uh, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash more good. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash more good to take ownership over your health
1: and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, there you go. Let's keep sipping on our greens and uh, let this episode roll. Oh, enjoy, everyone. All right, here we go. Another week, another pod. <laughs> we're sitting uh, across from a dear friend and uh, business owner that I admire in the community that's uh, you know disrupted uh, a marketplace and created something new and exciting. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Jade.
2: Thank you. So yeah. happy to be here.
0: Of course. We're so glad to have you. And Zach was alluding to your amazing product that you made, yogu, which you so kindly brought us some. Thank you. It's like my favorite, my favorite thing to eat. It never lasts long when it's in the house. (laughs) Oh my God.
1: I'm so, I need to take a picture of the yogu bowls that I make. Please. Uh, they're so insane. Like nobody, I think people might be like scared of how much I put <laughs> in them. Because I'll put like our, our juice truck bestie granola. Then I'll put fruit and peanut butter and strawberry jam and uh, berries. And like it just becomes this like massive bowl that it probably is like beyond excessive of what any human should be consuming. <laughs> oh, no, never. But it makes me so happy. Hey,
2: yeah. that, that makes me so happy to hear. To be honest, I actually don't really eat yogurt that often. Oh, I feel goodness. like it's my world and mm. I seldom eat it. But if I do, it's in savory applications. Oh, but wow. I love the sound of what? the sweet bowls.
1: Well, I saw the, what was it? The labna that mm-hmm. you, were, you were making? Yeah. And they have at Feast and Fallow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I never knew how it was made and I watched your little reel.
2: Yeah, it's so easy. Honestly, it's, if you can do one recipe, that's the one. Wow. It's yeah. so simple.
1: Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. E- even in the summer, sometimes I've got two young boys and it's hard to always get them to eat, but we mm. got this, uh, had this game where they could build their own yogurt bowls. So I'd bring out all these like snacks and add-ons oh like my gosh. pretzels and cereal mm. and some white chocolate and mm. uh, berries and stuff. And they would each kind of choose their own adventure and use the yogurt as a base. And I'm like, okay, they're getting their, their healthy fats and mm-hmm. their good bacteria. Oh yeah. Some protein. Hopefully if they put some. Nut butter or something like yeah. that in it. And we did that for like a good 30 days or so on Pender Island. And your product was available on Pender Island, which was amazing. 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 Yeah.
2: Re-up on all that yogurt that you guys went through. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. That's totally, yeah.
0: But it is. It's so good. I first discovered At You Struck when, when I started working there. and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've had like some of the vegan yogurts before and they've always been like, I don't know, okay yeah. at best. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then Carly, shout out to Carly. She was like, no, this is different. you got to try it. <laughs> and so I tried. So I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is a game changer. So I was just Thank hooked you, from Carly. there. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and then even like when we first started carrying it to Steve's in here, we would do an Instagram post like Yogu's is back in stock. And people would like be in in 10 minutes, like scooping it up wow. or they'd come in and be like, where is it? I'm like, Yo- once you get it, you're
1: hooked. The yogu fans.
0: It's true, they are hey. diehard. So no, but I've just really, really enjoyed and appreciated the product and how delicious it, delicious it is. The probiotic that you get is unreal by eating it, and yeah, you can do any, you can do anything with it that regular yogurt would do.
1: Absolutely. But be happier about your choices. So there's our our yogu fan story for you. Thank but you. Maybe we can rewind, <laughs> thank you, thank rewind you. things back to. know pre-yogu um jade growing up like uh as a a young woman as a young girl did you have an entrepreneurial spirit um was it something did you pursue creativity and like your own projects was it something that you felt within yourself to kind of solve these problems of the world at a young age or Mm. how did you come into that
2: Yeah, no, that's a great question because the first thing that comes to mind is that I'm not creative. Like, (laughs) I think I lived my whole life thinking that creativity came in the form of, like, arts. Mm. Um, And I have to say that I'm not a highly artistic individual, but I think now over the years I definitely do have creativity and I would say that yoga is my medium in how I, you know, express my creativity. Um, but it's also really funny because I was just thinking about when I was in university and I was like always into super like healthy things. So like health trends and the juice truck was some, something that I always just like loved. And I even like treated myself to a juice cleanse at one point. I remember Ryan bringing it to my house actually, um, But I was always, yeah, just so interested in sort of like wellness and health and I've always had ideas for businesses to start and I would say that they started in high school. I would come home and say to my parents that like, I want to start a zero waste like salad company and mason jars, like that, that idea is coming to mind or I wanted to start a vintage clothing company, which I actually sort of started there for a while. But yeah, I just have always had so many ideas, but really never knew how I would actually actualize that. Um, And I think that, you know, I I went to university, so I had, you know, the privilege of experiencing that. And it was very helpful, I think, for the trajectory that I'm on now. Um, I think it really just like, made me focus on something and finish something. Um, and it also took me to Paris, which mm. I think was a hugely pivotal moment for me in sort of Yogu's coming to be. Um, but yeah, I think that Yogu is something that continues to evolve within me. Um, I think that creative expression is something that I'm always, you know, questioning how I can channel that even more in what I do. Um but it's it's something that I'm working on for sure. Hmm.
1: So take us through your time in Paris and how that led you towards your path of yoga.
2: So Paris was... A place that I always wanted to go to because I did French immersion so I feel like that's the gold standard it's, it's like Quebec or France and yeah. you're like I'm going to France <laughs> um, so I ended up going there actually on a exchange so it was like my third year I was at SFU studying communications and you know I don't think the process was actually very challenging um, because it wasn't like we did a bunch of really difficult schoolwork there. Um, It was more so the experience. I remember my parents being like, so are you like doing any schoolwork there? It seems like you're having a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, And to be honest, like I can't even remember any of the schoolwork that we did. But um, yeah, Paris was an amazing opportunity. And so I spent a semester there. So it would have been like six months. Um, and I think like a week after being there, I called SFU and was like, how do I stay here longer? And they were like, you can't, you you have to come back, finish your degree. So I really just made the most out of my time there. Um, I was living on my own in a small little Parisian apartment, which was super great. Um, I knew nobody there. So that was interesting. It definitely took me out of my comfort zone. Um but I think that, like, I was just so amazed by the food. Like, mm-hmm. I remember just... I got there probably, like, a couple weeks before the semester had started. And I just, like, went to town and, like, ate at some of the most amazing places. Um, my mom was actually with me for those first two weeks. So that was really nice. But I've definitely always been a traveler that, like, chooses where I go based on the meals I'm going to eat. So that was really fun. Yeah. Um, And then while I was, you know, on exchange, I continued to just, like, go to all of these beautiful farmer's markets on the weekend and, you know, go to the grocery store. What I learned in Paris is that nobody shops, like, for the week ahead. They really shop, like, on a daily basis. So I would just go to the grocery store every day and go buy what I needed to buy. And one of those things that i bought was yogurt like I I remember standing in front of the yogurt section just like in awe and wonderment of like Mm -hmm. all of the beautiful options like it's not just your generic yogurt in like a plastic cup like there were ones in little terracotta pots and like that was actually one that grabbed my attention a lot of the time um, and actually served later on as sort of the inspiration for what's now our vanilla yogurt Um, but yeah, it, it was an amazing experience that had a lot of food, a lot of traveling involved in it and a lot of just connecting with really beautiful people. Um, I think I definitely connected with a lot of the expats, Mm -hmm. um, To be honest, not a lot of, like, the French-speaking community was very, like, welcoming um, to sort of, like, outsiders, but I definitely got along well with the Australians and fellow Vancouverites um, and even just fellow Canadians, but the experience was definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone, and I think that's really what I needed at that point in time. I was, like, you know, went to school and, like, worked my part-time job and was very comfortable and... I think it was just a really great opportunity to just put myself out there and mm-hmm. really just be like open and receiving to whatever, you know, was next.
1: Just to kind of paint the Parisian picture for us, can you walk mm-hmm. us through a happy memory from Paris?
2: Mm-hmm. Ooh, there's so many. <laughs> um, yeah, I think a happy memory for me, because um, I'm actually not like a party person. Like I i am very much an old soul. <laughs> um But just like going out after school. So like it might be a Tuesday and you would like go to this little cafe um, sort of like bar. There's one called La Pearl and it's in this really beautiful neighborhood called the Marais Um, and lovely sort of like street food. There's this amazing falafel joint. So we would like go there and then just sort of like meet up at this bar and like sit and drink wine and just like have conversation and enjoy like the end of the day together and you know from there it was not like okay I'm gonna go home and go to sleep to go wake up for the next day it was like let's go out and like go explore this expose at an art museum and so it was like it was definitely a very cultural experience I think that like Paris has so much culture and You know, even culture means, like, sitting on the side of the river, like the Seine River, Mm -hmm. you know, with your feet dangling off and, you know, buying a bottle of wine and a piece of bread and cheese and, like, something so simple. But, like, I think about it and it just, like, brings back so much joy. Like, it was such a, like, easy... Carefree time in my life with like zero obligations, and that's really what we all had like this time to just connect and be and experience like this student life.
0: Mm-hmm. That's all that's awesome. <laughs> coming back to you in some memories, I mean, I'm sure many people can resonate if they've had the privilege of travel and experiencing this the simplicity of joy and also removing ourselves from what is our typical norm and mm-hmm. experiencing life in like a new way. I'm curious, is there elements of, you know, those those happy moments or, or different ways of living rhythms and patterns of life that you've kind of like still tried to hang on to or practice, you know, all these years later here, whether it be like a non-weekly grocery shop or <laughs> taking time to grab a bottle of wine with friends and sit or just being intentional with whatever it is?
2: Mm-hmm. I think for sure, just this idea of like, gathering with community and making food. Um, I was, you know, very fortunate enough to have really amazing friends that cooked incredibly. Um, And so they would often just invite me and other friends over for meals. And I just really appreciated the time that they took. um, And really just the community that came with that from just like, breaking bread and yeah having conversations together and so I think that's something that I've really tried to maintain now being in sort of like back in my daily North American routine Um, so yeah just you know that simple act and I think something I carry through my life always is just this idea that like I never want my working life or sort of this hustle mentality that I have a tendency of adhering to to sort of take over my life Mm. and I think that the the Europeans do such an amazing job of that like they take a month off in August like typically you go to a store in Paris you see a sign up on the door and it's like we're gone to the south we'll be back in a month and I just so appreciate that, you know, like they, they really have a good grasp on like what's important. And I always just try and ch- check in, um, and make sure that I'm, I'm adhering to those same sorts of values and principles that yeah. they have.
0: That's so good. Mm-hmm. The this, this, this shingle on the door that just says open tomorrow.
2: Totally. Gone for a siesta. Come yeah. back. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you just, nah, every day you go there, open tomorrow. Oh, they're still away. Yeah. Still away. And then one day they're open again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and also the French are just like, you know, I think they have a bad reputation for being like a bit snobby and perhaps not the most kind at times. But they also just like don't care about the small things like that we do. Mm-hmm. And so if that's, you know, a sign that's come back tomorrow, customer service wise, they're probably not going to respond to your emails. They're just going to be like, Hey, get the, get the hint," <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. So,
1: yeah, I feel like we've got a lot to learn from some of these cultures that have a, a slower pace mm-hmm. and uh, a deeper appreciation for, for time mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, maybe I'm just projecting, you know, my own habits and tendencies here, but, um, you know, getting stuck on that hustle culture that you mentioned mm-hmm. and that faster pace of mm-hmm. having to, you know, respond to everything, you know, Mm -hmm. if you get an email at 10 p.m., like, sometimes I have to stop and remind myself, like, oh, back in the day, there weren't emails, Mm -hmm. back in the day, there weren't fax machines or phones, you know, people, there can be some patience, and we can have a slower process that's, you know, has a little bit more pause for for life. Yeah,
2: pause, I think that's actually, like, that's a beautiful word to describe like what I really like gleaned from that time away was the moment for pause even pause for me when I was living in Paris was like going taking a train and going to the south of France just on a whim and sort of like you know listening to that inner guide or intuition that's like maybe you should just go somewhere like you're feeling called you feel like you missed the water that was actually a huge thing for me, I miss the ocean mm-hmm. a lot. I didn't realize until I was there that that was actually something that really grounded me. Um, and so, yeah, whether it was one weekend, just being like, "I'm gonna go take the train to the Mediterranean," and you know, just listening to those little moments and taking that time for pause.
0: Yeah, that's so good. That maybe is the lesson for all of us, mm-hmm. right? Baked, in, baked into that is just listening to ourselves Mm. and then respecting and honoring that to say, yeah, I need this. Mm -hmm. Like I need this break, whatever it might be, right. Whether Mm -hmm. it's just for, for an afternoon or for a weekend or whatever, but to be able to, to listen and say, no, this is something that I need right now in order to be more effective, efficient, and all of those important words that we, we try to prioritize over everything and everyone else, Mm -hmm. but to say, no, no, no. In order to be my best self, I actually need to listen and take some time here. Yeah. So it's so important it shapes it shapes us mm-hmm.
1: for better or for worse if we ignore it. We mm-hmm. can all just pause once a day, that would be all right yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah all right, so you hit the play button after that nice pause and you mm-hmm. made it back to <laughs> made it back to Vancouver, yes, yes, and um did the idea of yogu start to percolate from that experience that you had with some of these? Uh, more experiential, you know, terracotta yogurts that were different than these plastic cups that we were having here? Did that idea kind of just keep nagging at you or where did that kind of storyline continue?
2: So when I came back that time, I actually had to finish off my last year at SFU. So I came back and I continued to go to school and I worked part-time on the side. And then it was actually... Paris part two so oh. after I graduated university I yep. decided that I loved Paris so much that I was going to move back Amazing. so I have a grandmother that's Irish and that you know allowed me to go there with an Irish passport so I didn't have to really you know figure out visa details or anything like that so I went and I moved in with a friend who I connected with that first time in Paris and I started just sort of like figuring out what I was going to do because I was really just trying to plant roots there. And I had a job at a cold press juicery, That's amazing. Um, which I've now f- remembered the name. It was called Juice Lab. Juice um, Lab. Yeah. Okay, i check them out. So it was like the first ever cold press juicery in Paris, which was pretty interesting because I got to educate about the power of plants and cold press juicing in French, which was pretty crazy. Amazing. Um And then I also had a part-time job working as a personal assistant for an old Hollywood actress um, named Olivia de Havilland. She was in Gone with the Wind, and she was just like the most generous woman I've ever met and was like such a gift to work for her. She honestly made it so fun. She, like, allowed us to go in taxis and go retrieve little, you know, things for her, whether it was champagne or little hors d'oeuvres for her gatherings (laughs) with her friends. Like, she's now, you know, left this physical body, but she was, I think, 103 when she, oh, wow. when she passed. Um, and I must've been working for her when she was like 98 or something. Wow. Yeah. So she was like full of wisdom and just had so much grace. Um, but she was like a very... Um, impactful person on my journey when I went back to Paris the second time. And
1: And how did you find that, that job? Was it like a Craigslist poster? (laughs) Well,
2: actually, oddly enough, she loved Canadians. Her birthday was on July 1st and she would joke and she would say like, you know, I just love my Canadians and they were all women. Um, And it was actually my uh, roommate. She, she was also working for her and I think it's a lot like, you know, personal assistant i think for anyone it's like very consuming and so it was just a little bit too much for her so we ended up job sharing and that was perfect like it afforded me all the time to just go do all the fun things that i wanted to do in the city um but i think that second part really just allowed me to further immerse myself in this culture and this experience and even living in like a different neighborhood um the second time i was living in belleville which I don't know it's kind of like Chinatown vibes um, just like very eclectic food scene very eclectic humans um, and it just gave me a different taste of the city but I did end up moving back because the Paris attacks happened mm. um, and it was very close to the neighborhood that I was living in and it was actually on a day where I decided to get out of Dodge, out of the city. For whatever reason, I decided that I wanted to go visit my friend um, in sort of a neighboring town. And so I, I got out of Dodge and then we heard that the attacks happened. So yeah, I think once again, following that intuition, for whatever reason, I was like, nope, you're you're meant to go visit your friend. And it really just made me reflect on sort of the future trajectory of my life and Yeah. It just really put things into perspective. So yeah, move back. And that's sort of how yoga, I guess, started to transpire after that.
1: And was that like a very clear at the time, like the Paris attacks happened and you're like time to go?
2: Yeah. Very clear to go. No, didn't have idea for yoga or anything like that, but definitely just put things into perspective. Um, and yeah I was even in like a long distance relationship at the time and so there's all these things running through your head and I was like nope my my time here is ended and you know I think even back to what you were talking about Dean about like listening to like that inner guide Mm -hmm. um, yeah just even sort of reflecting on that I think there are a lot of moments where that inner guide I think really came in to play because who knows like Yogu might not have even become something had I decided to to stay there and maybe plant more roots i I don't know
1: yeah Well, I'm, I'm happy personally that uh <laughs> you know you listen to that intuition so I can have my yogu bowls yeah on the daily, yeah, so um that happened, and you you uprooted back home to Vancouver, yeah, and um if I remember. your your story correctly you went and worked at Vega for a little bit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you're working the the corporate job
2: yeah I guess corporate I did not know it was going to be corporate I had this really idyllic vision that like Brendan Brazier and Charles Chang were still in like <laughs> startup mode there. But, um, yeah, it was a bit of a, a rude awakening when I got there and, uh, yeah, it was head down cubicle yeah. sort of. Um, and I think also Vega had some really incredible elements to it. I mean, we had a plant-based chef, yes. um, that cooked us meals every day. We had a smoothie bar. I mean, it was pretty great, Yes, but I think that it also became very clear to me that that wasn't somewhere that I could see myself long term
1: so you continued to follow that intuition and
2: I did yeah. yeah yeah you know I think it's uh it definitely hasn't it hasn't guided me the wrong way so far so I'm I'm very grateful for that
0: yeah Listen, can we just well, let's pause there for a second because I'm really curious Take a pause when, let's pause let's mm-hmm. follow our Parisian friends no uh this idea of intuition like we We talk about it, we know about it, but for you, like, and even just the acknowledgement in the moment here of like, yeah, I think, I think I might've followed it like more look in hindsight being like, yeah, I really trusted it there and there. Would you say it's something like you've intentionally tried to curate or cultivate, pay attention to, or is it something that it's like, you're not really thinking about it and when it happens, you you just no, I'm going to listen to it. Like what level of intentionality do you bring to it? Or mm-hmm. is it something that's grown over time as you've had these experiences where you're like, oh, it's kind of served me pretty well. Like I'm going to, we might say, listen to our gut or follow that intuition. Mm-hmm. How, like how has that either evolved or changed or have you shaped it intentionally?
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely evolved. Like even when I think back to that experience in Paris, I struggled a lot with this idea of coming home. Mm -hmm. I actually felt like I sort of had like disappointed myself in a way. I was like starting to justify reasons on like why I should come home sooner. Um, And I think even like, you know, this idea of going back for a second time and sort of announcing to friends and family that like this was going to be the next chapter of my life and, you know, the rest would be unwritten And then coming to terms with this idea that like, no, no, I want to go home. And I think even before that, there were feelings of like missing home, missing Mm. this partner, missing community, like so many of these things. And so the Paris attacks were really just like, it pushed it over the line and I was like okay this is the reason I'm going back so it really like wasn't intentional but now more than ever like I I really try to slow down in order to really pick up on these on these messages that I think are around me all the time but you know a lot of it has to do with me busying myself or you know not not taking the time to pause and to listen so it's it's an active practice for yeah
0: for sure yeah yeah Mm -hmm. is there like a kind of like daily ritual or practice that you do that like you find in in this state or in this moment whether it's some sort of like meditation or movement or breath work or whatever it would be like is that is that an area where you find clarity Mm -hmm. like if you're working through a problem or you kind of come to you know, a proverbial fork in the road in life, should I do this or this? Like where or what modalities would you lean into to maybe like help you uh, tune in Mm -hmm. and find that clarity?
2: Yeah, I think my morning sort of ritual, um, I don't really like have any sort of movement or any practices like that, but it's really just like, waking up and setting that intention, like lighting an incense and lighting a candle. Like I really find that the moment I turn off all of the lights and I turn on a candle, that for me is like that signal to really just like slow down and take time for myself. Um, I think that something I acknowledge in myself is that I love to give back to people like I love it almost to a fault and will do anything to sort of like be of service. Um, but I've also had to be really mindful that that's also energy that I'm not giving to myself. And so it's really hard to sort of serve when you're serving from like a, a cup half empty. Right. So it's, it's definitely a practice that is constantly evolving, but just really quieting in the morning because I find that that's also the quietest time of the day. You know, no one is typically awake Um, at the hours that I'm awake. I usually wake up at like five Um, and that just really sets the tone for my day too. Like I I still get like those Sunday scaries where I'm like, oh, Monday's coming. (laughs) And I get like full-blown anxiety sometimes. Mm -hmm. But like just that quieting in the morning just really can, can shift things. But also like... On the other side of that, sometimes just like cranking up music and like dancing mm. also does mm-hmm. does the tricks. So amazing, yeah.
1: Well, that's really what kind cool. of music are you cranking up?
2: Oh man, uh, it's really hard to say <laughs> which kind of music. <laughs> if you look at my liked songs, it's just like a hodgepodge of different songs. So but good. yeah, I feel like that actually sort of it it explains me in the best way. If you were to look at my my playlist, I love <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah,
1: you could probably read a lot about a person. From their their playlist, right? Or their, their liked songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard just the other day Spotify
0: wrapped up their uh, whatever they always give you your like year in review stuff. But they yeah. they finish it like this week or something okay. because people start listening to like holiday music right mm. after Halloween, and they're like, oh, it'll throw up the algorithm. So basically, like, it's, you kind of get a ten month window.
1: Wonder if Wiggles will be number one for, for myself <laughs> again three, this year. Three,
0: three? How old is he?
1: Five years in a row. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That knocked him off the top. Right? Yeah. Might be Power Rangers now. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a Mighty Morphin playlist. <laughs> it was sad when white noise was number one. White noise. Because my, see, yeah. I'd rock one of my, when oh. my sons, when they are younger, he always mm. need the white noise. So I just like literally play it on repeat for like a couple <laughs> hours. It was like, you played white noise 2,567 times. Oh my or whatever. gosh. Yeah the hot track check it out (laughs) all right so you're back home and you're exploring this job with with vega with plant-based nutrition and Mm -hmm. all these kind of values and and ideals that Mm -hmm. uh kind of became a part of your life um was it during your time at vega that you were kind of percolating these ideas for yoga or, or where did those next steps come in
2: yeah i mean i i can definitely thank vega for sort of putting me on the plant-based trajectory i mean it's hard to eat any sort of animal-based product when you have a chef making you these really beautiful meals so i definitely became a vegan during my time there Um, my partner and i at the time decided to go full vegan and we tried it out for a month and we never sort of looked back so um yeah it was definitely during that time i mean I think that it was an interesting time because it gave me so much time to think, think about sort of like next steps because I I had this intention to be there until I sort of figured out what those next steps were. Um, but there was a lot of pressure I put on myself too. It was like sort of like down to the wire and I don't think that's actually a very good <laughs> approach to take. Yeah. Um because it just sort of breeds a lot of anxiety on sort of like, okay, well, what what will those next steps be? And so it was actually before I even had the idea for YOGU, I decided to actually leave Vega because I didn't think that it was serving me and I wasn't serving it as best I could anymore. And so I went back to sort of working a part-time job that I had all throughout university and was able to work, you know, early morning shifts and spend the rest of my days just really trying to figure out like what this next stage of my life was going to be and tried to remove that pressure and so you know I would come home at around 11 a.m and I had pretty well like a full day ahead of me and I, I really just did all the things that I really enjoyed doing. And at the time it was cooking. And so that meant, you know, making a lot of foods from scratch, sauerkraut, kombucha, those sorts of things. And yogurt was always like very low on the priority list because I never had the time. And so there was like this light bulb that came, went off and I was like, oh, like I finally have all this time. I'm, I'm just going to start making yogurt. And so I went on to YouTube found a minimalist baker recipe, and the rest was history, bought a can of coconut milk and some probiotic capsules out of my fridge, and, you know, started making what was sort of the first batches of yogurt. They didn't turn out very well, but that was, you know, part of the journey and part of the process. And then I actually started buying young coconuts um, from the Asian grocery store and Hacking them open on my kitchen floor with a machete. um, (laughs) Scooping them out, putting all of the contents into a Vitamix and then culturing it with uh, probiotics. And we, or I, I don't know why I say we, but I uh, would put them in glass jars and just sell them uh, to friends. And that was just sort of like the launch pad for, for Yoku. And I didn't really have, I had zero attachment to really what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, I remember a very vivid day and um, I went to bandidas with, A woman Nina that I met at Vega and the crazy part is that now she's my director of operations (laughs) Um, but we had breakfast together because she and I just connected and we hit it off right away and I said to her you know I've got this like idea and I've been starting to make coconut yogurt and I just really feel like like this is my thing that I'm supposed to do in this lifetime but I also feel like those feelings of doubt creeping in and I just need you to like hold me accountable and so yeah that would have been like six years ago where I said that to her and she just joined the team six months ago which is pretty crazy Um, I always knew that she was going to work for the company in some capacity I just had no idea how Um, but yeah that that was sort of that really pivotal moment and then from there it was just you know, head down, trying to figure out how to start a business.
1: (laughs) So going back to that intuition, because there seems to be this thread that your, your intuition Mm -hmm. has a lot of clarity and and you have the courage to, to follow that. Was there a moment when you were hucking coconuts, uh, on your, on your, you know, kitchen floor where it went from something that you're curious about to something you're passionate about to something that you're like, I think this is the business that I'm going to create.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. Like I, I can almost remember what even like that bodily feeling I had in that moment was like just so giddy and excited. And I didn't give like two shits about what anybody else thought. Like before I would say that when I had ideas, I was like very secretive and I didn't want to put them out there because I was afraid. And with yoga, it was the total opposite. I was just like, I'm going to tell everyone because A, I need to be like held accountable, but also like this is something that I feel like really has impact in the world. And, you know, I it's funny because we talk about intuition and I think that I'm a little bit hard on myself and the intuition that I think I actually do have because quite frankly, it's the reason like why I am where I am today. Um, I think that a lot of that was sort of like, pushing a lot of the noise and a lot of perhaps like the expectations that I had, you know, friends, family had for me and really just like being focused and really staying true to myself and what I felt to be true in that moment.
0: Yeah. It's super interesting too to me. I'm just reflecting back like earlier in the conversation when you mentioned, you know, you kind of started this like or had this idea for the for the zero waste salad mm. right in the mason yeah. jars and then the vintage like repurposed clothing right mm-hmm. there's obviously even in these early ideas as, as a younger person like this desire to have a business or create something that can meet a need and serve people but also like kind of look after the planet like we mm-hmm. might call it, like stewardship or environmentalism or just like what there's any number of terms we can use, but has that always been something that was like central to who you are? Like this idea of I want to do something, I want to do it well, but I also in what I do want to like give back or care for the planet.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think that like going vegan for me was definitely like a portal into that. Like it, it made me realize that like, the animals. I, I did it definitely for the animals, that they were first and foremost, like the reason why I needed to start a company that was plant-based and also a food product that was tasty. Like I think one of the big sort of contemplations I had at the time was that like, okay, there's clearly other people doing this and sometimes that can really just sort of like, you know, prevent you from from starting this crazy idea that you have but i knew deep down that something as simple as making like a really good tasting product could actually be that gateway for so many people to adopt more of a plant-based diet um so yeah that that definitely is what sort of carried me through yeah
0: and where do you think like can you go back like childhood parents upbringing like where where did that kind of sense come from like whether it's zero waste salads i want to create these or like you know repurposing clothing for people Mm -hmm. and making it fashionable or new right new to new to you kind of situation like is that something that was like oh jade like growing up you know she's always interested in the environment or our family like we would take camping trips like where did that kind of sense of you know wanting to do better for Mm -hmm. for the planet and you know all of us like where did that come from or how did that get fostered in you
2: yeah well, my mom and my dad, they were both entrepreneurs. Um, and my mom actually, she she would go to the thrift store like growing up and I would always just like make fun of her. And I'd be like, no, I'm not wearing those secondhand clothes. And I was so embarrassed by it. Mm-hmm. And now actually we love like going to Value Village and thrifting together. And it's definitely like a bonding moment that her and I have. Um, I think honestly, my parents in their own sort of unique and special ways have always sort of been like, stewards in their community Um, my sister and i were actually talking about this the other day because we both live actually side by side (laughs) my (laughs) sister lives in one float house and i live in the other and there's a lot of garbage in our neighborhood Mm. and my sister called my dad we went for brunch on sunday and was like dad bring those like garbage picker upper things and he brought them to brunch and she was like do you want to go pick up garbage with me and i was like (laughs) you know that your parents did a really good job when like your kids are going up to pick garbage. But we had this conversation, like this was actually just a couple days ago. And we were like, you know, mom and dad, like in their own really special way, did so much to like give back to the community. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they went around and they took us with them picking up garbage. And like, that was their little thing that they did. And, you know, I think that, I've, I've heard you guys talk about these ripples and this impact that one can have. And like, you know, it's not some grandiose thing where they started this, you know, social justice initiative, but they did what they could in their community. And yeah. I think that, you know, I, I I observed that growing up. And so it was always something that I really cared about. And I think even just, you know, sharing this It's a good reminder for me that like impact doesn't need to be in like this crazy way. And for me, I I tend to be like very hard on myself with business and how business should be a conductor for that. But it really is just those small little things that we actually can do in our community um, that can really just send those ripples out.
0: Definitely. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's super cool. Love that. Yeah. I was just curious <laughs> hearing those different ideas. I was like, there's a, there's like a thread there that's yeah. kind of like that environmental piece. And so cool. That gives me great hope because I've done that with my girls. Like we go out and we'll go to the river here and bring, bring our tongs and a little bag and we'll like scoop up garbage that we see it. And They've even asked, no, no. Dad, let's go. Let's go like pick up garbage. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And it's kind of so sort, gratifying. Yeah. Right. honestly
2: it's... my sister is sort of like obsessed like she... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also just like there's a lot of garbage and
1: yeah, you sadly. know
2: it's yeah it's it's pretty sad but um you know I think another thing that just comes to mind when you ask that question was I guess just this deeper knowing too like I I think in my life when I sort of look back I I was always very torn like I felt like I was this like walking contradiction <laughs> like I felt like I wanted so badly to sort of like pursue this other sort of like way of being and at the time I thought that the only way I could exist in this world was like to have a nine-to-five job and so a lot of sort of my path has been you know choosing to go in another direction and having that faith that I would figure out you know and I still am trying to figure out what that path and where it it's going to lead me. But I think just once again, having that deep sense of knowing and trusting that intuition all the way. And, you know, regardless of what people said, I always just made sure to listen to myself.
1: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. One thing I've, I've heard you mention, and it it speaks to this intuition and this faith and kind of following those chords. um, You mentioned business as a spiritual practice for yourself. (laughs) <laughs> can we, can we unpack that a little bit yeah.
2: yeah yeah I think the first thing that comes to mind you know at sort of where we're at in in the business I think I'm like in year four and a half almost five which is pretty crazy um because I really do feel like a lot has happened but you know I, I'm sure you can attest to this but there's like a point in business where you go from sort of really small, humble beginnings. And then there's a point where you sort of have to decide whether you're going to keep things small or whether you're going to scale them. Um, And so that was sort of me last year when I decided to take the plunge and, you know, build out this big manufacturing plant. And so we had to do a small sort of friends and family angel investment round. And then I took some debt from Van City. And so like, you know when you're undertaking something like that it's like the the stakes just got a lot higher it to get serious, yeah. yeah it gets it gets a lot more serious and i think i'm honestly in this place right now where you know even the economy is shifting there's like this macroeconomic shift happening and it's really just like Having that faith and trusting the whole process, you know, like even if I look back last year, I had some crazy things happen that, you know, had I looked at a business plan, which I don't have, that wasn't on the plan. Um, And there were a lot of things out of my control. But even, you know, a year later to look back and just say like with so much like profound gratitude that each and every one of those things happened and that, you know, it has led me down the path that I'm on today. Um, And I just think that back to that spirituality component and how that ties into business is just like trusting the process Mm -hmm. because my personal life and my business life are actually not two separate things. They're very much like the same thing. And so it's it's just really walking that walk because i say to myself but i also say to others that like part of it is just really trusting that everything is happening for like your greatest and highest good even when it doesn't feel like it and so that's the practice of like when we don't hit our sales targets i have to sure do everything in my power to try and get us to where we need to be But to also not like kill myself in the process or get hard on my, you know, down on myself or hard on myself. Um, And to just really continue to lead with like grace and compassion and to not lose sight of those things because I think it's really easy to get caught up in that headspace.
1: Mm. I love that. I think there's a there's a desire to kind of separate these facets of our lives, but I think it can be confusing if you're like, I'm this person from nine to five, and then I'm this person from, Mm -hmm. you know, five till the morning. And it's like, which person are you? I think Mm -hmm. if you can, you know, lead with that integrity and those values and, and, um, you know, pursue being genuine throughout your, your full Mm -hmm. day, there's, you know, you're going to be able to, walk the path that your intuition's been putting in front of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Now thinking about when we first met, I can cl- still remember it like clear, clear as day. <laughs> you came into the juice truck and, um, Itamar and, yes. uh, Rotem from, uh, Chickpea, Chickpea were yeah. at our fifth hour cafe. Steph. And Steph. Steph. was there too. Yeah. Steph yeah. was there. And you came in with this glass jar, um, of, of your original yogurt and I was asking you questions and you were using like organic lives at the time, coconut yeah. meat and coconut water. I'm like, yeah. damn, this is going to be like a $40 <laughs> coconut yogurt. Yeah. Um, and I remember Edamar uh, trying it from chickpea and being like, this is the best yogurt I've ever tried. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> but I feel like just just um, rewinding things back at that time, as, as Dean had mentioned, like, the the plant-based yogurt sector was pretty you know okay mm-hmm. there's nothing to be super excited about mm-hmm. and you came in with you know clean healthy ingredients without add-ons or words that were like confusing or not you know natural in in one way or the other and um you've been able to take it from that quality and keep that integrity and um you know obviously the recipes evolved along the way but um, You've been able to scale it from this farmers market mason jar mm-hmm. um, into this beautiful product that I, I think holds the same quality and same integrity in grocery stores all across Canada. Um, with that growth, do you? We were talking a little bit about this before we started recording. Do you ever struggle with the idea of, you know, continuing to chase growth to being satisfied with what's enough? Like, where where does that sit on your plate? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's a great contemplation and one that I often ask myself Um, and it's always evolving. And I think like for me, I really live in this place of like, well, you can change your mind. So like you can feel one way today, but like Mm. change your mind tomorrow. Yes. Um, And I was even like having dinner with some fellow sort of founder friends in the food space and they were talking about sort of what their intentions were with their businesses and it was very very much like you know transact in five years yes and that has also been you know a, a thought that I've had um and sort of where I'm at right now is this idea of like really feeling like the product that we make at Yogu is something that is important in this world. And I think that comes from a place of understanding sort of our food system and how food is made and how f- not all food is made the same. And really, what we do at Yogu is so special because not only do we make the product ourselves, which is very rare in this space, but we actually have so much intention um, that I think really just like bleeds into the product itself um and i think that you know i feel this great responsibility to continue to provide such a product to people and i don't know um you know never say never but i don't know if perhaps if i transacted and I sold my company to someone else that they would also carry on those values and so that's sort of like a contemplation that I have right now about like okay you know like sure it would be so nice to not have to think about yoga all day every day which is sort of the headspace that I'm in all the time but also like can there also be this place of not having it weigh on your mind all the time, building, like, you know, a profitable business. Like, I think that's more so my focus right now because a lot of, you know, maybe how I'm acting is out of, like, scarcity, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that most businesses aren't profitable for, like, the first, what, five years? Um, And we're four and a half, so, like, we're actually not profitable at this point. Um, And that's because we've taken on so much extra uh, financial costs that has allowed us to sort of grow and scale. And so, you know, had I kept things super like low budget, yeah, we would be profitable right now, but it also wouldn't have allowed us to have as much impact as we have, like, mm-hmm. you know, being carried in all the save on foods, like there's certain equipment that you need for that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think that once I'm able to sort of get into this more like lens of, seeing things clearly once we're profitable I feel like that's like a fair time for me to reassess um but also just living in this state of like having no expectations like I think it's always this idea of like okay am I enjoying the journey am I having fun am I like growing um and that's always a yes and like the moment that changes I think is when I have to really look at sort of the trajectory and what I want and I think as long as all those boxes are being checked off then I'm doing exactly what I need to be doing in this moment and not getting caught up in like what it might look like because even when I talk to people that have these like highly successful businesses a lot of them actually didn't even see that as like the future plan Hmm. and so I think that like I also just don't want to limit myself like I believe in having a vision and like executing on that and sharing that with everybody around you but also like how much of what we see is like limited by like our own scope of things
0: totally yeah being open to the possibility of like what you might not even be able to see right now being, totally. being the next reality. Totally. But I mean, yeah, your track record of trusting your intuition has been pretty solid, <laughs> right? So even moving, saying this is where we're going, this is our path, and like I'll kind of know. Like I, I'm going to trust that I'll know with the next step, right? And having that tied to that idea that you shared about like business as a spiritual practice mm-hmm. and even how you talked about yoga, like when you first were like, this is what I'm going to do. And it was something mm-hmm. like you said you felt it. It was like a feeling you had in your mm-hmm. whole body. Like it's not separate from you, yeah. right? Like it's part of who you are and you've put so much into it and there's so much intentionality even now as mm-hmm. you have scaled mm-hmm. that it's it's not something that is just, you can be sold off and, and like done done in a deal and trust that that's going to be what it is or at least it's not, you're not ready. It sounds like to me at this point and and that's so cool to know like that there's, there's still like a story to be written and who knows yeah. what the ending will be, but to trust yeah. the process of like going through it, I think is
2: Yeah. And I, and I often get sort of in this headspace of like, I guess comparing myself to what others or when I have conversations with other founders and seeing like how crystal clear they are in sort of what they want out of their business, I just you know, I'm almost like jealous. Hmm. I'm like, wow, you must feel so nice to know exactly (laughs) what you want to do five years from now. Yeah, And I think for me, it's, it's once again, just like listening because I know it's that deeper knowing. And sometimes it's hard for me to even like vocalize other than just it being a feeling and really just like, not allowing those anxieties or those feelings of like worry come come to manifest you know within my body because I know that everything will work out the way it's supposed to so like that's just wasted energy trying to to yeah be up against all of those clashing thoughts Mm -hmm.
1: I think that's a hard thing to remember like the idea that life happens for you instead of to you Mm -hmm. yeah But just to pause on this idea of change, I Mm -hmm. I just want to acknowledge the beauty of of what you just shared. I think in business, you know, we do have these one year plans and these five year plans. And there's almost like an obsessive rigidity to like follow. Once you've written down this plan, Mm -hmm. this is the path that you're on. And it doesn't open the door for possibility. And I think You know, we talk about possibility a lot in the podcast and that's where the exciting things happen. That's where the magic happens. So um, I think change is also one of the, you know, pillar truths of the world that everything's always changing. and, Mm -hmm. And when we want things to stay the same or go a certain way we're kind of working against the universe mm-hmm. in a way so to just yeah. be open to change and almost have that as one of your pillars i just uh i admire that and i think that's really beautiful so thank you thank totally you for yeah. sharing that
0: well and if someone is like listening to this and they are you know perhaps a young entrepreneur or an admirer of yours follower of yours like i think it's really inspiring equally to know like there's validity and merit to yes, obviously having a plan, having a vision of like where you want to go, but leaving it a little bit open, like Mm -hmm. letting it be a little bit unwritten and saying, I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to trust that like, you know, what I'm putting out in the world will like come back to me in terms of effort and energy and all of that. And, you know, to allow yourself, to give yourself the permission of saying, okay, I don't need to have a crystal clear five-year plan, but like, what is my next most important step? That I know for sure. And then just like trust those kind of moment by moment pieces and then, you know, al- allow the process to unfold. I think mm-hmm. is
2: that's the beauty of it all. Like I try to just take a step back all the time and just be like, what about if I just like didn't try to control anything and just allowed whatever to come and happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that for me has been in the form of like rest, like. I feel so much all the time that I should be doing something else. You know, something else could be moving the needle forward. But in reality, deep down, I know that like I'm burning out and I need to take a rest and I need to take more time for pausing. Um, Something that came to mind, Zach, we were talking about investors before. And I think part of the reason why I'm afraid of investors, like not to them personally, but the (laughs) idea idea of them is because I don't know if every investor, I mean, investors are just humans (laughs) with money. um, But I don't know if they have that same lens that I have in that like, Mm. things might change. I don't have this crazy concrete plan and that sure, like my values and my mission can be a constant, but like, would they be open to sort of this like evolution or this change of pace or this change of direction? And that's what sort of like has held me back from taking on a lot of investors because it's this deeper knowing that like, okay, but if I'm just in charge of how this train is going then perhaps I'm making decisions more in alignment with myself versus expectations of what others have. And so that's like my current contemplation of life at the moment Mm -hmm. because, you know, yoga is at this really exciting point where we could use some extra money to really um, expedite our growth. But at the same time, I'm also sitting in this place of like, but what if it didn't look that way? And what if I just trust that, Maybe this feeling that you're getting at this moment is actually because you shouldn't, you know, go down this path, even though others are telling you you should. So it's constantly just like living in that place of like, what do I want and what do I feel is best? Mm -hmm. Um, And sort of, you know, when people in business ask these questions or provide feedback or their advice on how you should get somewhere. And it doesn't totally resonate, but you can be like so honoring and like respect what they've shared. But just knowing that that might not be the route for you. Like I'm constantly in that place of just wondering what is best. Mm. Because I also am not like a business expert. Like I feel like I know nothing. So it's like how much of it is... Just trusting yourself and how much of it is actually like the expertise of, you know, running a successful business. Mm -hmm.
0: You need to find those investors that are more interested in a five-year track record than like a five-year projection to say, right? Because some people are really good at having a plan and saying, this is where I'm going to go. This is where I'm going to go in five years and it looks great on paper. But like maybe their track record is like they have... They haven't they don't have one mm-hmm. or it hasn't been great whereas you get in a boardroom you know in a pitch and you're like yeah i have this great intuition and i've really always been able to like listen well to my gut and trust myself and here's how i've proven it here's how i've been successful up until this point and so that's the pattern i'm going to follow versus some beautifully crafted business plan mm-hmm. which has its place and is for sure important right but some people are more interested in like okay what can you project What would you anticipate? What would you like to see versus like, look at what I've done and look at how Mm -hmm. I've done it.
2: But even just you saying that, like it gives me a lot of hope knowing that perhaps there are investors out there that I just haven't even seen in my mind's eye. You know, like perhaps there's someone out there, you, you know, never say never. Like there could very well be that person that's looking to invest in businesses that have these sorts of values and this, you know, sort of energy to them and i think that that actually excites me more so Mm -hmm. it's like how much of what i'm seeing in investors is something that like is so much of this like confined in a box mentality and not just allowing whatever there is out there to just unfold in front of me yeah
1: yeah well you said something interesting when you kind of segued into this when you said investors you know individuals with money, (laughs) but I think getting back to that, that word of individuals, you know, like Mm. sure, whatever experiences they've had and, and whatever opportunities they followed allowed them to you know, amass a certain amount of wealth, but mm-hmm. they, these people that we, us, as small business owners can put on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. They're just individuals like us, you know? Totally. Yeah. That's,
2: that's my biggest lesson in all things business. I go into a meeting and I'm like, Oh God, this person has so much experience yes. in this, And I'm like, Oh no, Jade, they're just a human being like you. Yes. And that is always what I come back to. And yeah. I think it really just sort of like grounds me. And mm-hmm makes it so that it's more of like a humanized experience yes. too instead of like hey and putting them once again on this pedestal and yeah. just, instead of just like being two humans trying to figure out life yeah. and you know have a good time doing it together yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. the idea of building a team that uh, mm-hmm. can be like-minded I mean I think there are challenges like you're or you're touching on like it can become Once other people's money's in the equation, you know, that profit and loss statement, you know, can (laughs) become a driving force over intuition. But Mm -hmm. you need to like the challenge is is weighing those two Mm -hmm. and being like my intuition, like Dean has mentioned, has got us here. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, um, you know, acknowledge this profit and loss statement here. Mm -hmm. But I'm also going to trust my intuition and they maybe they're equal. You know.
2: Yeah. No, I think it's really powerful and a great reminder. Um, so thank you both for yeah. <laughs> reminding me of, of that greater sense of intuition.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, well, while, while we're having this conversation, you brought us a nice gift of some spring water from <laughs> yeah. mission. In addition to the yogu, In you addition also to brought. The yogu. So uh, we were at a dinner with uh, our dear friend, all three of us, uh, Judy Brooks, friend of the pod, mm-hmm. and. You know, mentor and supporter of all of, all of us, and um, you know, I brought up water because I was like, "You know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna." How did
2: that even come up in conversation? <laughs> I don't know. I
1: think when I get excited about something, it's hard for me to like mm. not talk about it, mm-hmm. and usually I'll just like bring it up and kind of get like a feeler of like if there's appetite for that conversation. <laughs>
2: and there sure was. Uh, oh yeah. And I was like,
1: "Whoa!" And you're like, "Oh, I'm into water too." And I just like. I said before I felt I felt so seen and so heard and um you brought up that you have a practice of going to uh get your water from a spring and mission Mm. can you um I think this kind of speaks to you know business being a spiritual practice and your process being a spiritual practice um you're sharing kind of the the energy and the ritual of of going to the spring and Mm. getting your water can you just kind of share that because I think as a meditation as a a practice as a ritual there's something beautiful there
2: yeah I mean I think just gathering your own food your own water like that whole intentionality behind that sort of sustenance is so important um and I think it's an excuse for me to get out in nature too like I think that going back to sort of business as a spiritual experience it's like constantly trying to figure out how I can offer myself more space and so even like we're doing a bit of a packaging refresh and I'm constantly just like oh it's gonna come to me like when I'm in meditation like when I'm just taking a break from this like busyness of running a business And so, actually, last time I was at the spring, I was telling you guys that there was like a long lineup. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, it was also because of the drought and the spring was just starting to dry up a bit. Um, And there was some great conversation going on in the lineup um, with various people, you know, from various walks of life. But I think the thing that brought us all there was just this deep desire for this water you know like i i kind of chuckled on my way here i was like i'm bringing dean and zach water (laughs) (laughs) in a mason jar um but it's so much more than that you know i think that our bodies are made up of water and i know that i can taste the difference in this water i know that it is this life force that runs through me you know i when you run a business, you need this extra like energy that you can't really get from like food itself. And I think that because I drink so much water, this is this like life force that I need at this point in my life and will continue to incorporate in in my life. But I think that water is also this great connector you know whether it's for me diving deeper into tea and having sort of like tea with others or coming here and bringing water and having conversation around it and maybe sparking some sort of curiosity just from you know the act of bringing <laughs> to people I, <laughs> water, yeah. um, you know, or even to our conversation at that pop-up dinner, you mm-hmm. know, we, we went on many tangents about water vortex and uh, capsules <laughs> and all sorts of things. But I think that like, it's pretty wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, water yeah. is so wholesome, <laughs> um, but it's also alive. I mean, if you leave this water in front of the sun, what do you
0: think? You <laughs> taste can taste test. the
1: difference. You can taste the difference. Okay, <laughs> You're wa- not just lying. <laughs> no, no, that's- we
0: we have we've had some tap water. I want to hear Kay. what happens when you leave it in front yeah. of the sun. Yeah, out. I'm gonna taste. Okay, have a taste. Because I usually
1: I've got my, my blue water bottle here <laughs> that I actually people oh, yeah. are gonna laugh. I leave this out for the sun. I fill mm. it up and I just leave it for a couple hours out out under the sun. And
2: very cool. So no with doubt. spring water if you leave it in front of the sun, it will start growing algae. So I have some glass bottles that I've just sort of left in front of the window. And at the bottom, like I have to clean it out because there's like little algaes that have started to form. And I mean, that's the best way to know that your water is alive and as it should be, you know, we were, we were also saying that like we have some of the best water here Mm -hmm, in BC mm -hmm. and like, so so grateful and privileged to have that um but for me it's more of the ritual you know of going to the spring and bringing my fill up water jugs and even the act of like filling it up and sitting there I mean it takes a little while it's not like it comes out super fast but you know I always just try to practice this act of just gratitude you know for mother earth Mm -hmm. and what she's giving us. And, you know, I think that just the act of going to gather that water for me, you know, does more good than the actually like drinking of the water. Mm. Um, So I I really just sort of lean into what feels good. And right now that's going to the spring and getting this delicious water.
1: Yeah. Well, I I feel rituals are are kind of an extension of of our faith, our spiritual practice and and bringing that Intention. We talk a lot about intention today to your waters is, is bringing that sense of gratitude or that energy to that water. And mm-hmm. and uh, whether it's just tap from water from a tap or you're going to the spring, if you have that gratitude and kind of that reverence for mm-hmm. that ritual, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be putting something positive back into your body. And I think yeah. if, if it's water or tea or your morning bowl of oatmeal or whatever, mm-hmm. if you have that practice of gratitude and appreciation, Mm -hmm. then what you're putting in yourself is just going to be so full of love and positivity so. it's
2: so true mm-hmm. like call me woo woo but like sometimes I'll just stand there like right when you get it out of the spring it's like the perfect temperature it's so crisp and cold and it feels even more fresh than it does yeah. here and I just like take a moment to like feel the water you know coursing through my body and I just think that it is really healing and even if I make like a soup like It's easier to just use tap water. But sometimes I'll go the extra mile and like pour in the spring water. And that means that I'm, you know, probably need to go back to the spring even sooner because I've just wasted like one liter of water on this like bowl of soup. But
0: it's worth worth it, it,
2: you know, like... It's those little things. And I think it also just gives you a greater appreciation for water. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think that my appreciation for water is much greater because I now have to go get it. Like I travel an hour and a half to the spring um, instead of just turning on my tap. But I have just so much reverence for water and. Yeah, just how much Mother Nature can provide for us. And this is just a sliver of what she can provide. So mm. I'm grateful.
1: And what about your tea practice? Yeah, because yeah. you
2: had
0: mentioned like tea actually was what kind of led you. It was the gateway yeah. to water. So how? let's talk about that. How did that happen?
2: So my mom is Chinese. And I feel I've always felt that my heritage or at least my Chinese heritage has sort of been this afterthought I mean my mom was first generation born in Vancouver and you know I've been really reflecting on sort of like her her childhood and growing up and I think her parents were really just wanting them to have a great life in Canada and and so that meant her really not carrying on many of those traditions um when it came to our Chinese heritage and so tea was something that always piqued my interest. I live in Richmond and I sort of like looked at all the different tea areas in the city. I looked at like 05, Cultivate with Jude. And I sort of thought, well, Richmond's got like a lot of Asian people. I'm going to find an Asian teacher. Like I really want to connect with this part of myself. And so I found a tea shop called A Best Tea Shop. Um, or best tea shop I think it's called Um, and it's in Empire Mall in Richmond and my tea teacher's name is Michael super lovely guy I walked in deer in the headlights and he signed me up for my first tea course and the first day all we learned about was water and it was all about how spring water is the best sort of water for brewing tea. Um, No distilled water, even the temperature that you boil your water, like we just went in hardcore into water. And so that was sort of like that gateway. And I continued to take, I think like five or six classes with him. And, you know, now I sort of have a tea practice that I carry on at home myself. But even with that, I was thinking like, oh, I need to go to the second module because I need to learn more. And I had this moment of like, but maybe it doesn't need to look that way. Like maybe part of this practice is just like Jade freestyling at home Mm. and like making a practice out of it herself. Um, So that's sort of what I've been doing. And I haven't really had this, you know nudge to go back and to learn more but I think the time will come but for right now I'm just really excited about like you know buying new teas Mm. and steeping it and seeing seeing what happens
1: do you have a favorite tea
2: I really like oolong teas yeah and I really like um like green oolong teas so they have more of like that grassy like herbaly sort of taste, um, but yeah, I feel like tea is this whole other portal into something mm-hmm. that I don't even know where to begin. Um, but I'm I'm diving in, and we'll we'll see where it takes me.
1: Yeah, tea is so fascinating. When uh, Ryan and I were traveling through India, we um, in one of the areas there's a lot of um, tea um, tea growers. So mm-hmm. we did a bunch of tours and. Um, I think it's one of those things that, you know, we all have, many of us have tea on a regular basis where we don't think about either the the process of making the tea or what are the process that went into making the, the tea leaf mm-hmm. because there's so many variables that we don't consider like the tea bag, like is, what's it made of? Is it mm-hmm. made from paper or plastic or petroleum or, mm-hmm. um, is it bleached? Um, and then with the... The tea leaves where they sprayed and then dried or were mm-hmm. they organic like how were they grown like there's so much layers and when you find those people that have that going back to that word that we've used that reverence for the the plant and, and for the tea I think just like you can taste the difference in this mm-hmm. water you can taste <laughs> the difference in that tea like if you go to yeah. cultivate or yeah. uh, maybe to the best tea shop or you know uh, we were talking about one earlier like there's Living tea hut and all these places mm-hmm. that have these like living living teas of these ancient origins. So I think it's just
2: Well, even like puer teas. So yes. like they've been aged for like you know, you can walk into the best tea shop, and he has like a fifty-year-old pu'er that's yeah. like super expensive. And wow. actually, on my last day at my course, he like gave me a twenty-year-old pu'er, and it tasted really different. It's probably like tasting aged cheese or wine; yeah. it, like gets better with age. Um, but I think for me and tea, what I didn't or what I underestimated was sort of this energy of like even the people cultivating the tea like I wanted to connect more with my heritage and actually in that it's been like this feeling of like those growers touching Mm. and cultivating that tea and drying or you know putting them into cakes and essentially feeling that energy when I consume the tea like that is the most connection that I'm going to feel You know, until I go to China and I, you know, go on a trip and dive deeper myself. But for right now, this is sort of this like portal or this gateway into this like deeper connection that I guess I've been seeking.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's amazing too how with just like a little a little bit of intention and awareness of a daily ritual or just something that's a simple pleasure in life mm-hmm. having a cup of tea but when we think about like where this came from that it was grown with a purpose of becoming tea for someone mm-hmm. somewhere and there was a farmer who you know he or she like worked hard to cultivate those plants and pick mm-hmm. them at the right time and make sure that all the soil and conditions mm-hmm. were right like so much goes into one cup of tea yeah and when we actually allow ourselves the time the pause to say wow like look at all of the steps and factors that went into like this moment Mm -hmm. of me waiting for three to four minutes for this tea to steep. Like it's so beautiful and it connects us to all of those people in the process Mm -hmm. and just like reminds us of not only the interconnectedness of the world, but just how we rely on each other and need each other for big moments and like the smallest, but most Mm -hmm. important things like a cup of tea. Yeah. I just love that.
2: Yeah. No, it's it's so powerful. Like, even so what I learned is that you smell the tea too. So you smell it first and then you sip it. Mm. And something like in that smelling those aromas and it shifts, like every time you te- steep a tea, it changes. So like there's sort of like peaks in the tea and then sort of it drops down. And just that act of like smelling it and then sipping it and feeling it just like coarse in your body. It is a spiritual experience. Like... Yeah. And you're, and I typically do it alone, but really the art of tea is sharing with others. I think that I just am am in this mindset of like, oh, I need to figure out how to serve tea for others, but I'm getting there. Um, but I think it's just such a beautiful practice. And I even thought about like how business, like I'm sure at the juice truck for you, Zach, like you know, a green juice at the end is probably similar to me. Like I know those people that made the product, like how much intention, even the intention that like you and Ryan have like put in to that green juice coming off the end of the production line. Like it's the same with the tea. Like there's just each of us can have so much intentionality if we choose to do so. And I mm-hmm. think that, there can be so much impact in that. You know, how many people are having spiritual experiences with green juice? Probably a lot.
1: (laughs) Well, I love that idea. You can either be passive or you can have intention. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes the difference of your experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I still love making my own green juice Mm because, you know, I have more when I make it for myself, I'll appreciate the Mm -hmm. spinach that I'm picking Mm -hmm. and the cucumber that I'm picking and the ginger. Mm -hmm. And um, it does feel like for myself, like you know, a, a moment of pause or a holy mm-hmm. experience to sip that juice that I've yeah. put that intention into, and I I did really love those early days of the juice truck making every single juice or smoothie mm-hmm. that went out because I knew that I was like giving it that intention and, yeah. and putting everything into that that one you know sixteen ounce <laughs> cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love I love where we're going with the tea. This the idea of the pause is the same where we started with Paris. Like they're just they're both mm. ideas of of taking pause, and to make tea you can't really rush it. You know, like mm. you have to take True. those two or three minutes, and then it's hot. So you have to take another few minutes. You can't mm-hmm. just down it like a mm-hmm. you know a soda <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a a beautiful spot to take pause for for this conversation. I feel like we've explored a lot and. Um, just reflecting on on yogu i'm so excited of of where you've you've come from and even more excited to follow um you know knowing your your intention and your intuition to change i'm i'm excited to see where it continues to grow and evolve and where that path goes and um Dean, do you want to do a couple rapid fires or should we go to our... Let's do, let's do, let's do a couple, of rapid, couple fire. Of rapid Are you up fires? for it? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> let's do a couple.
0: I have one. I want to kick off. So you <laughs> talked about uh, when you were in Paris, um, some of the things you loved was just like the food and the eating. And then what uh, can you, can you recollect like a favorite meal or Ooh. favorite dining experience yes. that you
2: had? <laughs> mise en in the Marais Uh It's an Israeli uh, food spot, and they have the best pita wraps. So their own house-made pita, so fluffy, so delicious, almost like chewy, like undercooked a bit. And then they have this like choufleur uh, cauliflower mixed with tahini and like delicious deliciousness on top yes. yeah i'm yeah amazing. i've definitely googled it to be like how do i just go back there and have this one dish that's amazing. Um, yeah so that's the one yeah misnel
1: okay where is somewhere local and somewhere uh global that you long to travel to hmm. could be somewhere you've already been
2: um japan is a place somewhere far Um, I have this, like, idea that I want to rent, like, a camper van and just go, like, drive around the countryside and go camp and go to all the hot springs and the Mm. bathhouses. And then locally, um, I just discovered an amazing spot up at the end of Pit Lake. So I have, I live on the Fraser River and I have a boat and uh, it's, been the best way to see not only the Fraser River, but also if you go up to the very end of the river, there's what's called Pit Lake. Um, And there's actually some hot springs there, which I've been attempting to go to. I've now tried to go three times and all three times have not been successful. So I will continue to try and go there. Um, And hopefully one of the days it'll stick.
0: Amazing. Um, Oh, that's so good. Uh, Zach, I'll maybe steal one of your questions, but we always love to collect people's favorites. Is there a favorite book that you've read or something that you've gifted often to people to say, this This was like a game changer for me, or I just really enjoyed this read, you need to read it?
2: Mm. Well, there's a recent book I bought. Um, actually, Judy recommended it. It's called Embers by mm. Richard Wagamese. That's a good one. Yeah. I just like, so when I'm in my morning sort of like stillness, I'll just like open up a page. And I'm always just like one page. And then it's like five pages oh, right. later. Um, so that book. But also one that's just coming to mind is Shoe Dog. Um, I read that book pretty early on yes. when I was starting yoga. And like, the one theme from that book for me is just like, that guy went through so many hurdles and challenges. And yet he still came out the other side, you know, with like a smile on his face. And yeah, there there will be those hard times. But um, I think we underestimate the power of what we as humans can achieve. Mm-hmm. And that was a very inspiring book for me. I've read it now like two times. Oh, wow. Both at very different parts of my business. So yeah. maybe I'll read it again.
0: I think that was Andrew Andrew Savari's book too, if she I done. remember correctly. It was, it was.
1: Yeah.
0: And I have I have embers on my chair there to read in the morning, oh, Richard Wagamese. Amazing. Yes, that's my morning ritual cool. as well. Very I love cool. it. And same experience. Okay, I'll just read the one or two yeah. and really like sit with it. But it's always like, Another one, another
2: mm-hmm. one. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's beautiful.
0: He is such a beautiful author. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true gift.
1: Okay, one question that I've been trying out a little bit with people that inspire me. Um, okay, so if we can time travel here for a second, mm-hmm. um, your seventy-five-year-old Jade, what what does your life look like at seventy-five?
2: Mm, seventy-five, definitely have a garden. Uh, a lot of vegetables that I'm growing myself and um like a hobby farm I think um yeah when I think of 75 year old Jade I think about my 75 year old grandfather who has now passed but that was him like he was living on Laskini Island driving his VW van just like bombing around and living life and yeah I think what I envision myself at 75 isn't too far off.
1: <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah what a legend yeah I asked that because I think it allows people to to have the freedom to kind of imagine a life that they truly want mm-hmm, detached mm-hmm. from the life that they're currently living. And yeah. I always love the answers because usually they're, they're quite simple. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, gardening, mm-hmm. having a coffee shop where I get to talk to the customers mm-hmm. or, you know, the kind of these ideals that in truth we can, most of us can live live today. Yeah. Um, Dina, you want to close her out? Let's do it. So you probably
0: heard our our last question that we love to ask our guests. We we've called the podcast a little more good, Mm -hmm. knowing that's what we want to do and create and see in the world and put out. And we always have inspiring people like yourself, Jade, on the podcast, and it means so much to us to know. Like, what does that phrase sentence mean to you? A little more good.
2: Mm. I didn't know that you asked (laughs) this question. Mm, A little bit more good. You know, I think back to those ripples, you know, thinking about like my parents picking up garbage. uh, That's doing a little bit more good. Mm -hmm. And it's also doing that good when no one else is watching. I think that's like the biggest takeaway. Like you do it because it fills your heart and soul and that ripples outwards. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Mm
1: -hmm. Love that. Thank Thank you, you, Jade. So grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. So good.
2: So fun
0: all right everyone there it is our dear friend jade yeah jade's
1: gonna we gotta build the commune with with jade honestly with that nice like spring water right yep. in right the center oh my god i sent both of you guys i sent this to you and to jade i found this property 11 hours from vancouver up by smithers bc mm. that's got a spring a natural spring on the property 400 acres or something like that no no 45 acres yeah. or something. Four hundred grand, but like natural spring well, natural spring well on the property, the best. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you want to be a sponsor of uh, four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars <laughs> to buy this property, yeah, up in northern BC with a natural spring, hit us up. Yeah, let us know. That's right. We're open to to all all sorts of partnerships. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all sorts of goodness. Yeah,
0: but if not, go get yourself some delicious spring water. A nice, a nice container or two of yogurt and just uh, enjoy enjoy the little ways that we can take care of our health, our gut, our well-being, and our well, our overall yeah, yes. just wellness as we, as we carry on.
1: And if you've made it this far, uh, please uh, share this episode with a friend, with a family member, with a neighbor, uh, anyone near and dear to you. Like and subscribe wherever you are listening to it. The reviews and the shares go a long way in letting us share our message of little more good.
0: All right. Be well, everybody. Peace.